What's up, everybody? Welcome to your latest installment of the Nuclear Barbarians podcast. It's me, your nuclear barbarian, Emmett Penny, and I am here with Alan Metzger, a guy that I've been in contact with for a while who has been turning the tide against the state moratorium against nuclear in Illinois. Alan, happy to have you on. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's uh, been going pretty well. Yeah, it seems like it. It seems like there have been some positive steps. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask, because I'm always interested in other nuclear advocates' origin stories, how did you become the kind of guy who is whining and dining representatives in Springfield, <laughs> Illinois, about the benefits of nuclear? Well, it's uh, <clears throat> it goes back to thorium, believe it or not. Really? So, Yeah. I actually have a I have one of my thorium shirts here at my TEA thorium energy Alliance shirt. Um, the latest so I, have, I, I could wear one of those every day and not watch for for two weeks and another <laughs> I think so um, anyway my uh, my son who's a civil engineer hmm. and uh, works on nuclear plant structural stuff um, mm -hmm. uh, but before he was that he was a college student and he sent me a video once and it was a the um, Kirk Sorensen video, hmm. Kirk Sorensen being the, the advocate of the lifter uh, concept of uh, nuclear reactors. So the, the liquid fluoride thorium reactor was kind of his, his idea. He, uh, you know, he picked up a book off a shelf once and at NASA when he worked there and, and uh, learned about those and decided that was what he wanted to dedicate his life hmm. to, to, uh, to doing. Um, and he's a very compelling speaker. Um, and he's really good on camera, and he's uh, uh, and he's quite intelligent. He's a literally a rocket scientist. So, um, you know, there you go. So uh, that was uh, kind of my my gateway into uh, my, my gateway drug into nuclear. You know, and uh, and I sometimes don't put it that way, but but that's uh, mm -hmm. that, that that concept is is definitely what you know. It's what hooked me. Um, and uh, it was a Gordon McDowell video, I believe, mm. um, and he's got so many of those out there now, and, and he's like the world's biggest influencer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Gordon seems to be sort of everywhere, um, and uh, yeah, hugely influential. Mm. But let me ask you this, what was, were you basically uh, an undecided on nuclear? Were you an you know I. Where were I you didn't on? really have a, a strong opinion about it. I, I remember mm -hmm. once upon a time, probably, you know, multiple decades ago thinking, you know, we probably shouldn't build any more of these because we don't really know, you know, that they're, you know, is, there might be a disaster. You know, I was thinking sure, to myself sure. and uh, you know, kind of the, the typical, you know, the, the, the line that the public hears so much. Because it's kind of the default line from the from the mainstream press, they're always looking for a big headline, and that's kind of what they do. So, so uh, I was I've, I have an engineering background. I'm a double E by training, and and uh, do software and computers and telecommunications and stuff by day. Um, so, so I've always been interested in you know how things worked and mm. you know fixing things. And uh, when climate change started to come around, I started to pay a little bit more attention. Mm -hmm. And it was starting to be a thing, and uh, and this uh, 
this video and, and the research that I did on my own, you know, quote unquote research, right? Watching a bunch of YouTube videos. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like poor man's research, I guess, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. you know without citations. Um, I, uh, I watched a lot of those. I hung out on Facebook in the nukes group there. There's uh, some professional uh, nuclear people up, up there and they graciously allowed me to be in their group. Mm. And um, some really smart people, and I soon realized that what we had already running, you know, no liquid thoride, you know, fl fluoride thorium reactors, no, uh, no fancy things by, you know, today's how what we would call advanced reactors, mm -hmm. uh, but they were just really, really good. Like the ones mm -hmm. that we have are, uh, you know, they have fantastic safety records, got fantastic uptime reliability, they've got fantastic... Uh, they're, they're really, you know, they're, they're very cost effective um, and uh, and they offer really good jobs. And there's just all these benefits that, that, mm. that are there. And, you know, we don't need to invent or, or develop something new, you know, to, to make a big impact. That's not to say that we shouldn't be doing that. Sure, sure. You know, so then that was, in fact, my gateway, right? I, and I still want to see those things happen. Mm -hmm. I want to see, see advanced reactors happen. But... You know, they're a ways off and, and we don't have any guarantees about how easy or hard or, or expensive or cheap they're going to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's cheaper and safer on paper. Right. Right. So. <clears throat> so that's that's kind of the, the road that I took um, to to get to the advocacy point of view. Hmm. Um, and then um, a mutual friend of ours, Michael Schellenberger. Uh, posted mm -hmm. on Facebook one time back in 2014 or so, um, said, hey, there's some interesting things in Illinois that are going to be happening. DM me if you're interested. And so I did. And um, he ended up coming out here and I ended up working with him and a few other people to uh, try to save the Clinton and Quad Cities nuclear plants. Mm. And uh, and we were successful in doing that. And I should say we, I mean, you know, the ComEd and Exelon still had some significant lobbying poll back then. I suppose sure. they still do, but but uh, but they were. This is kind of before the whole thing blew up on them. Mm -hmm. The uh, the scandal. The, yeah, the scandal of uh, of uh, you know Michael Madigan speaker and all that stuff. But um, but they <laughs> made sure that there were politics. <laughs> I tell you what, it's uh, not nothing if not interesting, right? Yeah, for sure. So so that was. Um, really uh, a lot of fun. So we, you know, we jammed a bunch of people into this 19 passenger rental van. And, you know, one of them was James Hansen, who Michael wow. interviewed the entire way down there. We had a professional um, video team jammed into that van too. Wow. What a <laughs> Recording story. <this> interview. <laughs> so we're barreling down I-55, you know, to, to get down to their, uh, to, to that to that plant to visit it and talk to the employees and um you know robert stone was in there i mean it's it's it was uh it was really a lot of fun and it was fun to meet those people and to um to have that experience um and that was from my first taste of um of lobbying in illinois we actually had a professional lobbyist that we hired for a day or two to take mm. us in and around and into the Literally the you know the 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 dark you know annals of the state house. Yeah, um, I remember we we just you know there was 
I, I'm not sure that I could have made my way out, you know, without somebody leading me. I mean, right, it right. Was just there was all those smoky back rooms. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, anyway, we talked uh, we talked to people, and eventually the you know, the bill got passed. It was uh, mostly not energy, mostly not nuclear energy related. It was right. just this one little, relatively small piece in it. <clears throat> and uh, what I like to say about that bill is that uh, there's about three hundred and twenty million dollars, I think, that uh, every year that got spent on the subsidies for those two nuclear plants to keep them open. And together they provide, you know, 12, 14, 15% of the electricity in the state, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just those two plants, right? And, wow. um, and, and then we spent a similar amount of money um, trying to get solar, uh, ba- mainly solar work, you know, working now, that was kind of the focus there, um, which, and that money eventually ran out. And that's why we did the CJ bill later, which we'll perhaps get to, but, yeah. There's a solar cliff, they called it, right? So it's all the all the money ran out, and so now the solar folks weren't starting any new installs because they didn't, you know, have that subsidy. Um, and so I say, well, you know, you have a, a in the teens percentage of your electricity that you that you kept online with this 320 million bucks or whatever it was. Um, it's off the top of my head, um, and about the same amount of money that we spent on solar and the amount of solar that uh, we currently have in the state, you know, all, all that was subsidized by that and everything else that, you know, might have been installed, you know, separately or without the subsidies or whatever is like rounded to the nearest whole percent is zero, right? I mean, so, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, we, we got a lot more for our money with the subsidies to the nuclear plants and you don't really, you know, I mean, nobody talks about that. Nobody says yeah. That. No, I mean, yeah, that's way more bang for your buck. So <clears throat> l- let me ask you this, like, the sort of early days, because I, you know, I think everybody here knows that I worked for Michael Schellenberger at one point, and I sort of came in a little bit after, you know, after Save Diablo get started, right. a few years after this experience you had in Illinois, and it, a lot has changed in five, six years um, when it comes to nuclear advocacy. What was it like for you back then? And what were just tell tell me a little bit about the history of what you've seen change when it comes to talking about nuclear. I'm always fascinated in this question. You know, it's uh, I mean, I'm not sure I could put my finger on one thing. It's just Mm -hmm. that there's, you know, you you have some narrative to back you up now that you didn't have then, right? Mm. And and that's for me, that's pretty huge, right? I mean, because I can, you know, we we have. the, the lovely experience of Germany, for instance, right, right. We can, right. we, you know, we're fond of comparing them to France, and mm-hmm. you know, we we say the Illinois is kind of the France of the of the U.S., right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, when it when it comes to lots of nuclear, and um, so that's that's made a difference. I mean, certainly since um, the uh, conflict in the Ukraine has started. Um, and you know, lots of energy has gotten scarce or expensive or both. Um, mm-hmm. We now have, I mean, it's on people's radar that it wasn't on before. Um, you have, you know, significant, seemingly small but still significant changes in the way that uh, you know what Germany even is doing, right? Mm-hmm. Where they've where they've they've delayed some some stuff. You know, the the Germans just do not like to change their minds, right? I mean, they yeah, stubborn. 
They really don't. And um, so, so there's that. There's, um, you know, climate change isn't going away, mm-hmm. right? So that's you know continues to be an issue. But now we have, you know, the Texas storm a couple of years ago. You know, we have, yeah. we have nuclear was one of the about, best performers in that. Right, it, it was, and people talk. People are talking about blackouts, and they weren't talking about that before. And and you know the RTOs, you know the PGMs and the MISOs of the world are, you know, which are the two here, here in Illinois. We have both of those. Yeah, those, uh, yeah, those RTOs do. are are uh, are here. You know, so we, I think back in the day, ComEd um, lobbied to get into PJM with their nuclear plants, and so mm-hmm. that's why you have this kind of this tendril. Of, of PJM that reaches up into Illinois and grabs those mm-hmm. areas. I always compare it to like uh, the way that Chicago gra- reaches out and grabs onto O'Hare Airport. Yeah, I mean, right. It's just yeah. like this. <laughs> it's like a frog and a fly, right? I mean, so you yeah. you have um, uh, you have the, both of those those organizations that have that have been pretty vocal about there being some significant risk to their reliability, right? And so so you know there's. Not yeah, a... I was I was actually just to add to that real quick. I was just um, looking over a letter that um, uh, Commissioner Danley at FERC had written uh, late last year, and he was saying he was he did a really good job of documenting what the major problems with the grid were, and he was specifically focusing on report, self reports from PJM and MISO about mm-hmm. what their capacity shortfalls were going to look like over the next few years as the resource mix changed from reliable and dispatchable to intermittent non-dispatchable and renewable mm-hmm. um and it seems to really bolster the case for nuclear by scaring the hell out of everybody <laughs> well and you know and i don't you know, I don't like that tactic, but no, neither do I. I would like. I'm, <laughs> I'm perfectly willing to take advantage of it if I'm given the opportunity, but I, you know, it wouldn't be my choice, right? I don't. No, I, I would rather. I would rather grid no. operators make that case technically, right. rather right. than scaremonger. Like, am I worried about it? Yes. Do I want to catastrophize about it? No, because that wasn't productive right. for climate, and it won't be productive for um, advocating right. for grid reliability. Yeah. So, so okay. So you, all of these things have happened, and we've also had the arrival of people like Isabel Bemicky. We've mm-hmm. also, I mean, I'm very excited for Oliver Stone's movie, um, mm-hmm. which is gonna. I think that'll be big as well. Frankie Fenton just had a movie come out, so it seems like there's this narrative shift. We've got all that, um, and one parts of that narrative because you mentioned this, and I wanted to to ask you about it very directly was what happened with Byron and Dresden in Illinois and how those plants mm-hmm. got saved. So it seems like you just had a, a repeat of the success the first time around. Um, I'm sure it's more complicated than that. So why don't you fill us in? Well, and it's, uh, you know, the first time it was, you know, pretty much, um, you know, Exelon got the verbiage in the, that they wanted. Um, there was, you know, some other <clears throat> arguments that, that people had about other aspects of the bill, um, but it, and that was a last-minute pass as well in the veto session. So it was, you know, in December, um, yeah. you know, the last chance they had to do that. It wasn't the last day that, uh, um, you know, that 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 Clinton or, or Quad, you know, had to be, you know, they were going to pull the plug the next day. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. Like they, like you get a, a little cushion. <laughs> yeah, like they like they were with Byron. So, um, but but then it was. 
I did. I really got the got the feeling that, um, and I was even told, I think, explicitly that that um, that there was a pretty strong expectation that they were just they would get the subsidy and they wouldn't have to worry about it, right? So they they knew they knew that uh, that that was going to happen, and and that was perhaps them leaning on you know their past performance and getting legislation done that they wanted to have done. You know, Exelon's one of the most effective lobbyist organizations in the world, probably, right? Mm -hmm. so, or Comet, I should really say. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, so, so they were successful, and, and there were people that that wanted it, and you know, many of them were Democrats. I mean, this is Illinois, so we because we have so much nuclear, we do have we have actual you know Democratic um, you know, members of, of the state house you know, senators and reps that. Um, that are strong believers in in having nuclear energy and certainly in the plants, some of which are in maybe even their exact district, right? I mean, so so right. they've got you know most of They're them familiar, are, right? Most of those are in uh, in Republican uh, districts that have, uh, have voted voted Republicans in office, but um, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are around, even if they're not in your district. A nuclear plant still affects your district because there's so many people that work there and the economic benefits are so big people that are next door you know don't want it to close either right so yeah um, they've got skin in the game right, right they have to right. they got to bring home the bacon for their constituents yeah. some of them even have you know i mean i talked to one rep that their senator um whose father worked on building one of those plants i mean wow you know, so you so you have those connections um and uh and they're pretty strong. So, so we do, you know, that, that does make us a little bit different than a place like say California, mm -hmm. um, where pretty much it's, it's a very, very bright line in between the red side and the green side, or the red side and the, and the blue side, neither of which is necessarily, you know, completely green, if, depending on how you look at that. I <laughs> yeah, guess. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, but here it, it bleeds over, it bleeds over quite a bit more. And, uh, Right. It's a little more purple in Springfield yeah. when it comes to this issue. But it's, and it's, you know, nuclear is the bipartisan issue of our time. I mean, it's, yeah. it really is. And we've got right now, you know, as I speak, we've got um, close to a majority of the Democratic uh, representatives that are backing, that, that, that we know are backing the bill, either because they sponsored it or because they told us that they would vote for it to repeal the moratorium on the nuclear plants so right and that which... moratorium has been around since the 1980s i believe it was mm -hmm. put in by a republican governor um and seemingly because <laughs> out of defense for the coal industry um and uh yeah. it's it's now it seems like tell me a little bit of the story there with this bill what's what's the what's the draw what's bringing people so, to the table well um let me finish up with Byron and Dresden. Oh, right. Sorry. I got it's, too excited uh, about the idea was, it, of the it, it moratorium is, going away. <laughs> this Welcome to having a conversation with me. This is how it always goes. So um, we so so we, we passed FEJA, F-E-J-A, mm -hmm. uh, which is the Future Energy Jobs Act um, in, uh, in the, the middle of last decade. Um, mm -hmm. And that kept uh, the Quad Cities plant and the Clinton plant open. Um, and those are very specifically um the, it only works for those two plants right so um <clears throat> very very specifically carved out for that um the 
Uh, the new bill that we passed in 2021 is called CJA, uh, and it's a Climate Equitable Jobs Act, I think. Yeah, something like um, that. Yeah. They changed it. It was the Clean Energy Jobs Act, and they changed it to still be CJA, but something else, and I can never remember those for sure. Um, but that was a, a much bigger bill. Um, it was broader. It did include mm -hmm. a lot of... Uh, um, equity measures uh, for for uh, you know, people that are more disadvantaged than I am in this life, mm -hmm. um, people of color, people that live in places where they are affected by dirty coal plants and other mm -hmm. industry that, that you know pollutes their environment, um, uh, and also can't take advantage of the jobs that happen and um and this solar cliff that happened with fija where we ran mm -hmm. out of money um that's that's they made sure that that wouldn't happen again so the, the subsidies will stretch out for a much longer period of time for the renewable um mm. uh, energy sources that that are subsidized in that um and it's just a, just a much bigger bill um and the nuclear aspect of that um was uh <clears throat> focused on the other four plants that we have. We have six nuclear sites plants in Illinois uh, that are active. Um, and uh, so that's, uh, th those four were the ones that were at risk and really all of them were, right? I Meaning, you know, yeah. because the, you know, the gas prices had been so low for so long um, and, and the, they were just getting beat up and the, and, you know, I mean, as a corporation, you have to look at your investments and you have to say, where can I invest this money? And if it's something, if there's something else that I can invest it in, that'll get me a better return, then my shareholder is going to expect me mm -hmm. to move those investments. And by moving investments in this case, it would have meant, um, you know, removing the investments from keeping the plants running and going to do something else, right? Whatever that would be. Right. Um, so, so they had, been making noises about that every really ever since Fiji passed, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's been all you know. Every, we've known for a long time that those are at risk plants. That uh, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm fond of saying, uh, you know, energy electricity markets are stupid. Um, you know, <laughs> and I always I always find a, a reminder for that. It's not hard to hard to do that. Not hard to find one. Um, and that's you know one aspect of that is that they allow you know, our best generation assets to be at risk of closing, even though they're perfectly good. So the, um, what happened with that was there were a number of bills that were put forward. Um, CJA that we see today, you know, the root of that bill was one of them. There was one called CUJA, the climate Was it like Union Jobs Act or something? UJ, yeah, it might have been union jobs. There was a CUJA, um, uh, and uh, that didn't really get very far. But it was uh, there. There were some some uh, some parts of it that were taken and and put into to CJA. And then the governor had a bill. And you say, well, the governor can't have a bill. What the heck, right? But there was you know a representative that you know on the governor's behalf filed a bill. I mean that that happens I think regularly, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, so, so that was another one, and that was Kuja had a big um, benefit for Exelon Constellation in it to 
to keep those open. It was very generous. Um, mm -hmm. And then the governor's bill had a very cheap one. <laughs> yeah. And and it was and 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 uh, when you know this was at that time and still probably today the um, you know constellation isn't really invited to be an upfront part of those negotiations. Somebody goes and asks them what's going, you know, what they need, but they don't come, you know, they, they, my sense is that they didn't get into those rooms um, very often because the, you know, the environmental folks um, and others, you know, because mm -hmm. of the scandal, I'm just, you know, they just didn't want to give them the time of day. They, but then really what it was is they didn't want to be seen with them. But yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, just like, I, I think that that's, that's a really important thing to touch on. Like, in my studying of the history of what happens with nuclear, um, I think what gets underappreciated is the way in which um, a lot of people were, in some cases, very rightfully frustrated with their utilities and took mm -hmm. it out on nuclear. That happens like over and over again, mm -hmm. or they just don't care what happens to the plant, they're pissed. And sometimes it's because there's like a, a big money scandal that has to do with it. So uh, learning how to separate those things and still make the case for nuclear mm -hmm. is, I think, really important. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I mean, anytime you have a situation where you've got, you know, large corporations that are incented, you know, to do things that, you know, like spend a lot of money to get a lot of money. I mean, that's the old vertical market model, right? And, right, yeah. And and so, you know, they were used to doing that. And even though we're not a vertical market here anymore, you know, we're a deregulated area, but but it was still, <laughs> they're still, you know, old habits die hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, and, I, I have I read a quote from a utility exec who said, this is the only business I know of uh, where you can make money by redecorating your office. <laughs> which I thought, which I thought was a great. <laughs> I remember that. But yeah, that's yeah. That's, a, that's a classic. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, you know, the, those bills um, had had some you know provisions in them to keep the plants open. Um, one of them wasn't good enough, and and uh, Exelon, you know, told the, the appropriate people that um, that and that was the governor's bill. And then uh, the other one was way too much, and uh, you know the rest of the people that were in on the negotiations were saying we're not going to give them that much money. There's mm -hmm. just no way. It was actually more than I think what they got from Fiji. Um, so they ended up settling on something actually pretty early in the process. I think it was in April, hmm. um, and um, and they, you know, we at that point we knew what the provision was going to be keep the plants open and the whole rest of the time that it took to pass that bill up until that day in September, which was the last day that Exelon said, if we don't hear by th this date, we're going to close Byron because they were coasting down to their fuel outage. Right. right? Yeah. And, and so they were going to turn it off and never turn it back on again um, the next day if they didn't get a EA vote on the, on the bill that day. Um, but it took all that time to, to hammer out all of the other stuff that was in the bill. Yeah. Right. So, so all of that time was was really, um, not not a, did did not involve any of the nuclear provisions at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of a nail biter. Although, um, I think most of the people I talked to, and and including myself, um, 
and I do talk to myself sometimes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the way that we felt about that was that that it uh, we weren't too worried that it wasn't going to pass hmm. because we knew that 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 provision wasn't wasn't in play anymore. It was you know everybody hmm. had agreed to it, and it was a it was a pretty darn good deal that we gave the ratepayers. I mean, and as you know. Um, and perhaps our viewers don't know, um, there was an additional provision that was added that said if, if electricity wholesale prices go way up, then you have to give a bunch of that back to the, to the rate payers. And so oh, I've yeah. been getting money back on my, on my electricity bill. And, yeah, so have I. It's been and, uh, about, no complaints, no complaints. Right. So, so, I mean, I think the prices are settled down a little bit, and so, so we don't see yeah. as much right now, but, but, um, but it's really, uh, that was... That was a pretty good call by whoever it is that, that, that decided to put that in there. Um, and I don't know how it got in there, but, but, um, but it was, uh, it worked out well for, I think really everybody. I mean, I think, you know, that Constellation's perfectly happy with that um, yeah. because, because they can continue to operate their plants without risk from, from a financial perspective, even with that, <coughs> even with that, um, that provision in there to get back money. So, um, so that's, that's kind of how that worked. Um, you know, we started talking about Byron and Dresden and then it ended up being also LaSalle and, um, and, and Braidwood, right. I mean, it was like all right. four of them, right. It, 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 towards the end, it was like, we're going to, I mean, none of these is going to be good enough without some help, mm -hmm. without a little bit of help. So, so they got the help, they kept them open. Um, and um, I think, generally speaking, everybody's pretty happy about that, with the possible exception of the, you know, the anti-nuclear, you know, the hardcore anti-nuclear folks. Mm -hmm. But even even the the, the you know the quote-unquote environmentalist group, you know the the, the environmentalist environment. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know that that you know that that you know, little you know, their bubble, um, I think even within their bubble, I think they're okay with, with these continuing to run because yeah. many of them do understand that it's literally half of our electricity, right? Mm -hmm. um, that in the state that comes from those plants. And so, um, so they were okay with that. Um, they continue to talk about, you know, these plants are going to close when their licenses expire and they just, you know, they, they don't, they don't understand like we understand that you know you can continue to refurb and and relicense those things indefinitely right I mean, it's, yeah you know there are no guarantees but at this point we do not know how long they're going to last um and so yeah. so we're going to continue to to tour and and that was you know we we saw that you know in real real life when you know constellation recently said they were um going to do 800 million dollars worth of upgrades on on uh I think it's, I think it's Byron and Dresden, yeah. um, and they're going to operate them actually. So I mean, I don't, I don't know that we've, seen, you know, we we saw an upgrade. I think Watts Bar did that most recently, mm -hmm. but 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 I, we haven't seen very many of those around the country um, of late. So this is like adding another 115, 120, you know, megawatts of wow. you know continuous capacity between the two upgrade upgrades that they're doing. Man. Um, so, and of course, that's, you know, from, from, uh, you know, utilities point of view, you know, that's just, you, they could just print more money. Right. Right. I was about to say, that's like, I mean, what's not attractive about that. Right. Right. So, um, 
so that's pretty exciting. Um, so uh, so we were successful in that. Um, and I always said the next thing I wanted to do was repeal the moratorium. Um, and yeah, so so I you know and I've been my so my my history with my with with, with working at the state house started that one time that we went down there um, and and you know Michael Schallenberger testified to one of the committees. Um, and so I got a little bit of exposure then, but then I didn't really do anything for, for quite a while. Um, and there's been some lobby days, so that so the environmental organizations kind of group together around here, and they'll they'll uh, they'll hire a couple of buses and take a bunch of people down there to to go advocate for one day for a bunch of environmental bills that they want, and they're doing that again this year in, in April. Um, and um, so I've done that with that group for a while and had some very interesting conversations on the bus on the way down and on the way back because it's usually people that are deciding like well isn't nuclear like really old and isn't it really too expensive and, <laughs> and won't it you know blow things up and what are we what about the waste and all those things so we've sure so we've we've you know there's been some opportunity for for some good discussions there there's also been some ones that you know that didn't go well at all so yeah you know, so there you go um but the so I so I did a little bit of that and then um, I did some work um, with Generation Atomic. Um, um, they had a campaign going here in the early siege of days, um, and that was right before the pandemic happened. Yeah. And actually, the pandemic ended up you know shutting that most of that activity down for everybody really. Yeah, um, you know, and and nobody could even go to the state house if you were, you know, if you if you were a politician, you couldn't go there, right? And so, so, uh, so they, you know, so we struggled through all of that like everybody did. Um, but in the meantime, there was still work to be done, and so we we did what we what we could. Um, but uh, before before the pandemic, I had that was my first time where I really went down to the state house and I started to spend some. Some serious time there. My my um, my my day job changed, so I was working three days a week for a while there. And so I took advantage of that and uh, nice. go down there for the day. And I got to tell you, I would just I would walk around in the Stratton building and talk to whichever reps were in their offices um, or their legislative legislative aides, they were called at the time, hmm. the legislative coordinators now, but. Um, and and you know so you have one LA that would be responsible for um, three reps usually, mm -hmm. um, and in the Senate they each get their own you know their own dedicated person, but 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 in the House it's a, it's a shared resource, and so you would just it's a long open aisle, um, with you know just a bunch of doors for offices and then you know open cubicles for the for the. The legislative aides and so you could just walk all the way from one end to the to the other in this long you know it's like 10 or 12 offices or or more mm -hmm. um that many legislators in there um and i would just walk down and say you know can i have five minutes to talk about you know nuclear energy and to a person um it was like i was the first person that had ever talked to that representative in a positive wow. way about nuclear energy wow really just wow. every it, and they would they, they would have good questions they would you know, I mean none of them are dumb right. right right and 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 you know some of them are 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 kind of died in the wall anti-nuclear and they're not really 
you know, the, the, they're politicians, so they will listen to you, and and sometimes it'll seem like they're on board, you know. <laughs> but but then when you think about what they said afterwards, it's like you know they didn't commit to anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. They played they played it real close to the vest. They have yeah. to be good at that, right? I mean, I yeah. you know anybody would have to be good at that in that job, and so um, so they are, um, and um, but but I learned uh, to just you know make those connections and follow up with you know maybe i'd have a handout and a card i had some cards printed up you know i had i have uh i have some generation atomic cards printed up that that uh i was i was working pretty closely with eric meyer um for for some things and i've never been paid by anybody to do any of this so so it's i've not it's just I've you're just out there for the actual, love of the game yeah i'm not a not a lobbyist in that sense and i don't have to register as one because of that but which is which is i like it that way Mm -hmm. um, but and I have a campaign for green nuclear deal card as well. So I work mm -hmm. with Maddie a lot. That's what I'm doing these days. That's um, great. And so I have a card that I can give out, and that's important, right? You need to have that. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a handout that we that we put together for the moratorium repeal bill, and some of the aspects of uh, you know some of the benefits to our state if we do that. Um, and so so I usually have a you know some of those these days when I when I go down there. Um, but but it's uh, it's it's just a lot of fun and it's very gratifying and, mm. and like I said they're not dominating and they had, they usually have pretty good questions um, and sometimes they have like a little bit of history oh you know back when I was young I, you remember I mean I talked to a rep when I was down there last week and um, okay. and she's in the, basically a Republican kind of a stronghold of Bloomington right mm -hmm. I mean anything downstate is Republican yeah. but she's a Democrat so she's been the first Democrat in that district for a long time right and she's like you know i had all these constituents that were asking me about nuclear when i was campaigning she's a freshman right she's brand mm -hmm. new and and she's like and i i'm like well i don't know why nobody talks about it but that's why they were saying that you know why is anybody talking about it mm -hmm. right? and she's like i don't know it and, and i'm like well i can tell you a little bit about why that is and we had this lovely conversation and we talked about the moratorium and she's like, I remember when they did that. Wow. You know, I mean, I think she, she was probably, she was probably a young. Sure. Like in, yeah. In, in, you know, middle school or something at the time. She's not, she's a pretty young person now, but, but in 87, you know, she would have been in school still. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, so she remembered, you know, when when that happened. Um, I don't know anything about the context of of why it happened. I only know what's in the bill, right? I mean, I did. Right. I never really went and looked into that too much, and it's it's not really easy to find. I don't think so. I mean, but so you'll have to fill me in on what you what you found out later. I think I found that out from um, uh, uh, Tim Smythe or Tim Smith, however oh, you yeah. say it. Tim Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Smythe. yeah he he yeah. dug up some old Chicago Tribune articles okay. about it. Um, and it was it's one of the few um i think moratoriums mm -hmm. that was not put into place uh by uh environmentalists working with the democratic mm -hmm. party as far as i know there could be others out there nobody wouldn't be surprised these mm -hmm. things happen but it wasn't like a situation where ralph kavanaugh over at the nrdc yeah, right. like right took it in california all the way mm -hmm. to the supreme court you know and like that mm -hmm. was this huge pitch that was like that was sort of his debut at the NRDC. And it was after that that he went to do electricity markets. 
That may have been that um, that if we had a Republican governor, then that there was just a veto override. I mean, I don't know, because we've we've been heavily Democratic. For yeah, it seems, it seems that he was a Republican uh, governor at the time. And I think he was like, you know, I don't really have he's like, I think this is the right policy. We've got coal. Okay. We've got right. we've got this stuff. He didn't he really uh, he was for it. He didn't have any mm-hmm. objections to to the moratorium okay. rolling right. out. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just part of the state history here. So it's Does that it's, like maybe Ogilvy or somebody. Yeah, I think that might have been. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, you know, I'd have to I'd have to go back and and check, but yeah, that's 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 part of the story here. And um, well, that's yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. So, so the, you know, again, you know, my experience is is that is that people just need to have a chance to talk to somebody about it. That, that's yeah. mainly mainly the thing that's missing. And mm-hmm. so, I we tried to do that, and um, you know, Maddie Hilly and I uh, have been scheduling calls with legislators and we do a like a half hour zoom call and we just kind of go through the whole, the whole thing we talk to them about um you know our history and you know how we came about to, to appreciate it and, and that's you know, amazing and, and it's um and it's generally speaking it's 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 uh it's received very very well um sometimes we do that with a like a, a chief of staff or somebody sometimes we do it with the legislator themselves um, i've done it with just the legislator um, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's uh, and you know, like I said, they ask good questions and they and they, you know, they. I mean, they have to be you know cognizant of so many issues, right? So many yeah. topics, right? That uh, and so I always try to make sure that uh, that they know that that they can they can ask me questions later if they want to do that, right? I mean, you don't get a lot of them taking you up on that. I mean, they, they view me as a lobbyist, and that's probably appropriate. Yeah. Um, but but it's but I'm you know I try I try to make sure that they know that I'm just doing I'm just a guy, yeah. Right? I'm not doing this to pay the bills. I'm not doing you know I'm not taking blood money. <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's it's uh, so um, so that so this bill um, I mean the status of what we have right now we have uh, House Bill ten seventy nine one zero seven nine and that's uh, um, how that came about. It was last year. It was filed first. Um, and it was a different bill number then, um, but my rep filed it, and um, this was, you know, one of my favorite stories to tell. So I, I started to uh, actually worked on the campaigns of my rep and my senator, mm-hmm. both Democrats, and I'm a pretty blue guy, mm-hmm. and so we, so we, um, so you know, my wife and I, you know, helped out a little bit with their, with their, uh, with their campaigns. Um, they got elected. Um, and um, we were sitting in, sitting in my house with my senator. You know, she was just a candidate at the time, mm-hmm. and there were a few other people from the neighborhood. We had like a coffee, come meet the candidate thing, right? We hosted one of those things, you know. And uh, so, so people were bringing up, you know, something to talk about, something to ask about, and so everybody had kind of talked themselves out, and we weren't out of time yet. So I'm like, well, if nobody else has anything, <laughs> let me let me talk to you about nuclear energy. And, Perfect. Um, that kind of started, um, and that was very clearly the first time anybody had ever brought that up like that mm-hmm. with her, with uh, Senator Gillespie. Ian Gillespie um, was doing a phenomenal job, by the way. Mm. And, and is a supporter, but more in the back room than my rep kind yeah. of thing, but, but, uh, but that's okay. Um, so, so that was um, 
kind of the beginning of the relationship with both those candidates that ended up getting elected. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, if I bring over lunch, can I talk to you all about, can I give, can I give you like a nuclear 101 thing, right? They're like, sure, come on, you know, come drop by. We always, we set a date. I, got, I went out and got Thai food, my favorite Thai restaurant, and and you know, brought it over and, and we had a great lunch and we talked about, you know, all kinds of nuclear things and and uh gosh it probably went like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. I mean, wow. it was a long, long it's lunch, a deep right? dive. Right. And we and we, you know, so so we just started doing that once in a while. And, you know, I mean, I have means, I can buy lunch, you know, so I did. And and that's what I've been doing. You know, and then these days, sometimes Maddie comes out and, mm-hmm. and and joins me, and sometimes uh, sometimes I just go do it. And 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 I'm like all the staffers that want to come. You know, just tell me. You know, yeah. Here's the restaurant. Tell me what you want, right? And and we just bring it all over. Um, and and so they talk to me about you know how the legis- how different legislation can happen. That, mm-hmm. that that we you know that that might benefit um you know nuclear nuclear energy and and get more of it for us eventually and so and then and i you know i talked to them about nuclear energy and so so we had some really great conversations and 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 you know i, I kind of feel like a consultant a little bit you know and it's, sure, it's yeah. it is sort of that way um but you know the chief of staff for both my senator and my rep are like 110 percent on board with nuclear they're just they're that's so great they're that's so great. and they're young you know they're young guys they don't mm-hmm. you know i mean and, and i think we see a lot of that right i mean we you know i'm i'm a boomer right i mean i'm mm-hmm. i got my medicare card right <laughs> right i have a discount card to write on the rta now so you know i'm i'm in a in a different demographic than that and i and i hid under my desk during the drills mm-hmm. When I was in grade school, yeah, duck and cover, you know, and I was, you know, I was located, you know, within ten miles of at least one Minuteman site, mm-hmm. right? So, so there were nuclear missile silos all over the all over the place where I grew up, out in western Nebraska, um, and uh, and so we, you know, I mean, we we took that seriously, um, and uh, I wouldn't say that it really, you know, colored my view. But I think it does of a lot of people, yeah. Um, and I think that's something that uh, that that young people these days. It's you know they've got lots of burdens that we've left them with, but that's not one of them, right? I right. Mean, yeah. they, they don't really have that anymore. So, so um, <clears throat> anyway, they're very they're very enthusiastic about it and very supportive about it. Um, you know, and um, and we stay in communication, and I help them out however I can, and they help me out. So anyway, one day. I got a call from the staffer uh, for my for my representative Mark Walker, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Hey, we're going to file a bill to repeal mm-hmm. the moratorium." I'm like, "What? What?" And and because uh, I had dug enough into it to know to to find the previous attempt to do that, right? So I found the legislation um, that had been filed, and really that's about as far as it got was just filed, right? I mean, it was right. it, almost nothing happened back in 2014. Which is the last time this has tried, um, and um, so so he said we're gonna you know we're gonna go ahead and file it because the deadline's coming up, and so we're gonna give it a shot. And um, the 
Um, the bill didn't, there wasn't enough oxygen for lots of bills last yeah. year. There were, there were many, many things that got left on the table because it just had so much other work to do. Um, and so it did not get brought up in the veto session or the lame duck session, which mm-hmm. you know, they, did, they don't always have really either of those, but they had them both this past year. Um, and um, they, uh, so, so that, so the bill died um, like so many others did, but then uh, the new session started and, uh, and it got refiled as, as this number now, HB 1079. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had, and, and last year we had a hearing on the bill. And, and it was a hearing in the Energy and Public Utilities Committee. Mm-hmm. No, no, Energy and Environment Committee. Mm. It's a, they're, they're so similar, but they're different. Um, in the House. <laughs> in the House, right? So it's the Energy and Environment Committee. There's also a Public Utilities Committee in the House. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right? So so those, so those we were in the Energy and Environment um, Committee. Last, that's where it got assigned last year. Mm. Um, we had a subject matter hearing. Um, that went very well. We had some SMEs come in and and uh, and then help us with that. Um, and uh, and we got good questions. And there was one person from the Nuclear Energy Information Service, which is a local anti-nuclear storefront. Mm. Um, that uh, you know, and so so she testified against it, but everybody else testified for it. And uh, you know, my good friend Alyssa Hayes uh, testified for that. She's you know, doctoral student at, in uh, in Tennessee, mm. but she but she grew up in Waukegan, oh, right okay. next to Zion, right. So so she talked about that. She talked about you know, and she's a person of color, right. So mm-hmm. so it, she just is perfect for that to 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 address all of those things that people mm-hmm. you know want to want to hear about, um, and. Um, in a, in in a positive way, right? In, yeah, in, uh, yeah. So, and she's an SME. She's like a PhD in the nuclear science program. So, yeah. So you know, um, subject matter expert. Uh, so so we had a really good hearing, but that's as far as it got. Uh, this year, um, we got assigned to the Public Utilities Committee. Um, that's an easier committee for us to get into and out of with this bill. Um, the the chair of that committee is a is a very staunch supporter of nuclear um, mm-hmm. Democrat. I mean, all the committees are democratically led. Um, but but uh, the Energy and Environment Committee uh, chair is not particularly friendly to nuclear. Mm. So she's so she's um, and she was she was the chair last year. She is again this year. But we got assigned to a different committee, so that's good. Um, and uh, they had some substitutes on that on the day of the hearing um, that um, they um, there was activity to manage who the substitutes were going to be mm-hmm. with this bill in mind, right? So I mean, it's you know politics, you know doing yeah, doing, the, doing the stuff you got to do, right? You know, so yeah. so they so so it was you know the committee was a little bit stacked, but it was an eighteen to three vote. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and generally speaking, uh, you know, again we had the NEIS come in <laughs> and did their did their you know anti anti nuclear you know testimony, but but all the rest of them were positive, were good. So the Illinois Manufacturers Association has been supportive, as you That's can great. imagine. Um, you know what I did learn was that if you talk it to a Democratic rep, you don't necessarily want to bring that up because sure. those guys. 
are going to be against many of the other kinds of bills mm-hmm. that the Democrats like, right? So, so and uh, and you know, I mean, I would go one way or the other depending on the bill, you know, but but, sure. but that's but you know, so so there's things like that that you learn. I mean, and you just see, you know, body language over Zoom, right? When I when <laughs> I brought that up, you just I just saw that this this one particular time, um, so. So anyway, so we made it out of committee, um, and uh, <clears throat> now we're waiting for it to be called for a third reading on the floor. Um, and so we're working um, just just today. Um, his office, uh, Rep. Walker's office, told me that uh, that they're they're working on um, whipping votes. All right. Um, and. Um, we have to get to a good, strong Democratic majority, not just a majority of votes, because we'll get a lot of Republican votes, maybe all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but we, in order for it to get called, it's going to have a good have to have a good, strong majority support on the Democratic side, on the blue side. So so that's um, that's where we're at right now. So we've got a list of reps that um, we're calling. Um, and well, again, just being that person that yeah. says something nice about nuclear, right? Trying to plug away. So what? So what happens? What happens next? Like how? How many more stages are left towards? So repeal? if we have a vote, so there's there's also a there's also a Senate bill mm-hmm. that's been amended to be the exact same thing. So this bill just strikes two paragraphs from the Public Utilities Act. That's all it does. Right. Okay. Um, it's very very simple. And they're not even long paragraphs, right? So it's like a half a page of text, right? Right. That comes out, um, and so um, uh, Senator Sue Resin, who's got nuclear plants in her district, she's down by Dresden, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She filed a bill um, to actually late last year, like in the veto session or something. Like, hey, you file a bill in a veto session. <laughs> Not gonna, but she had gone to some conference and she had learned about the Indiana bill that got passed last year to mm-hmm. support uh, the development of SMRs to replace some of their fossil fuel generation mm-hmm. over there, right? I mean, that's that's that right. the focus yeah. of that bill. So she's like, I want that bill. So she came back and she told her staffers that that's what she wanted. And so they put this bill together that um, was... Um, had this SMR stuff in it, but it also had the removal of the moratorium because it had to, right? I mean, in order to yeah, do right. it. Right. Yeah, you have to. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but it had some other stuff in there too. And um, so I was talking to the Republican staffer um, that does energy work for them in the state house. And we had gotten connected up somehow. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think I called Resident's office and she sent me over to them. Um, right, right. And that so so we we were we're talking about it and 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 he's like you know i mean the lawyers are saying that maybe that smr you know passage in here is not really you know useful <laughs> <laughs> just the way that it and and you know and i read it and i can't i mean i can't tell right yeah it's, i wouldn't know what do i know yeah you know i i don't um so anyway um so that was you know, everybody just kind of looked at it as a, you know, something that encourages small modular reactors, right? And uh, that was all we really were thinking about it. But 
but um, this work in the background was going on with the attorneys and, and uh, you know, because there's people that make sure that the bill language is correct and mm -hmm. you know all of that stuff right i mean you know yeah you know that's not something that a that a representative is generally going to be able to do right so there, there's staff on both sides republican staff and democratic staff that uh, it does that and um so i they um senator resin eventually decided to just um amend out that smr stuff and so now we have an identical bill senate bill 76 Mm -hmm. in the Senate. Um, and there was a hearing for that last week, Thursday, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. um, <clears throat> for that last week, I, t I testified at that hearing. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, anybody can sign up to do that. And, uh, you know, they, I mean, they have some leeway, but generally they can, they can let you if they want to mm -hmm. uh, do that. Um, uh, and so you know, I had a prepared statement and I just wanted to make sure that somebody spoke out in favor. Right, and it turned out that they had an NEI person there. Then he spoke out in favor of, of course, Nuclear Energy Institute, um, mm -hmm. and then the NEIS folks, the <laughs> Nuclear Energy Information Service. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, NEI and NEIS, I guess it is right. So, um, yeah, so so he was there again. We're like on a first name basis, right? I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, right. The, at the, the at runs this point, that. you may start getting them typhoon. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That's a, he'd be a hard sell, but um, yeah, yeah. No anyway, doubt. so we had um, fifteen to one. We passed out of that committee, mm -hmm. um, and that was a um, significant. So that bill is not a companion bill for the House bill, okay? Even though you might think it would be, mm -hmm. um, and the main reason for that is it's a Republican-sponsored bill. Gotcha. Um, and the Democrats are just not going to let that happen. So, mm -hmm. so there is. There have been provisions made for when the House bill passes on the floor, if it gets called and it passes, um, then it'll get sent over to the Senate as HP 1079, mm -hmm. and it'll be in the Senate. That's how that works. Um, and then it'll get, there's a placeholder bill that it'll, that, that's been filed, pre-filed, they call it. Um, and so that is they're waiting for that eventuality, right? Gotcha. And then they'll have, I don't think they've identified who would sponsor it on the Democratic side, but they've got people that can do that. Right. So <clears throat> um, presumably the people that are supporting SB 76 today would just support the new one. That's yep, what are they going to do, so. right? Yeah, I would hope so. And it is the exact same language. There's not one character that's different. That's amazing. I love between, it. In between the, <laughs> theirs and, the, and this one now that it's been amended. So um, so that's that's the next thing. Um, we do have pretty good intelligence that there are votes there. Um, but there's always work to be done until the vote's been taken, right? Right, of course. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, a lot of people might not realize that CJ passed by one vote in the Senate. Yeah, it was slim. That was slim. <clears throat> yeah, it was, and that was like <laughs> some guy, some some poor hapless senator with a bad Zoom connection that just, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? It was like the only reason that we got that vote. That's amazing. It, it just like, you know, the, the, the interweb cleared up for, a, a, you know, a, a hot minute. <clears throat> Man. So, so he could be recognized. Um, That's amazing. Anyway, so, 
So, you know, we it seems to be pretty popular. And I was really actually flabbergasted by the Senate vote out of that committee. I just I was surprised that there was there were a couple of no votes, no voting non-voters. So there's um, there were Democrats and then there was one um, that voted no. Um, and but there were a lot of Democrats that voted yes mm. on that committee. I mean, and it's a majority of Democrats on the committee, right? Because it's a Democratic supermajority in the in the you know in the state house, right? So all the committees are that way. <clears throat> so um, yeah, it was uh, it was a good week last week. Man, man, does that make me feel good? I love that. Um, so I'm looking forward to what spools out, especially because I live in Illinois. I'm from Illinois. Um, I got to call my rep. Got to make sure this gets over the finish line. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking time to sort of lay all that out for us because I think, you know, when we do this, there's so little visibility on this type of work and how the sausage actually gets made and what it's like to actually, you know, be going down to your state capital mm-hmm. and just talking to people and stuff like well, that. But and I would tell you that that part of the interruption, but I, nobody was doing the work yeah. before. Right? I mean, I'm I'm the pro-nuclear lobbyist in Illinois. Yeah, you're the guy. It just, yeah, then, and I'm just a guy, right? I mean, and I have a day job and it keeps me busy you know, mm-hmm. 40 hours a week. And you know, so I, I did take a you know, day a couple of, couple of weeks ago to go down on that Tuesday when we had that hearing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, so I, so I got up early, I got the 519 Metro train, went down yeah. to the Amtrak station and rode the Amtrak down. And I was like, Joe Biden, right? Yeah, yeah. Riding, riding the Amtrak. And it was like a one day trip that, you know, was started at five, ended at, you know, 1230 next morning when Ooh. I got home. Uh, but it was so much fun. It was so energizing, like, you know, like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry I interrupted you. Were you on a roll there? Yeah, no, that's great. Well, I wanted to talk about uh, just real briefly, if you could, because uh, I don't want to keep you too long, but if you could fill us in what's been going on with uh, the Episcopalians and, and <laughs> nuclear. You're also seeing some victories those, there. You seem to be a pretty convincing guy, those Alan. Those crazy Episcopalians, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what are you, what are you Why don't you fill me in on that one? Well, so I've, I grew up Presbyterian, and I've I've been you know, a person of faith really my whole life. Um you know, I went through a kind of a fundamentalist phase that I'm not particularly proud of, but but mm-hmm. uh, but I have, um, you know, let's just say I'm recovering from more than one thing, right? So right. yeah, okay, fair enough. So um, and uh, <clears throat> so a few years ago, um, I started to talk to folks at my church because I'm, you know, some of them are very good friends of mine, and mm-hmm. and uh, and so I was uh, I would talk to them about nuclear nuclear energy and one day you know one of the assisting clergy said hey why don't you why don't you do like do a presentation on this you know for us at some point so i wrote this you know kind of a ted talk sort of thing that mm-hmm. I, I mashed together and i got a you know presentation put together and i recorded it and and um and it was it was very well received i've always been very well received in, in my church because they know me right yeah they know me of they trust me and yeah. You know, I think most people in this country, if they haven't been talked to, haven't haven't been talked to anybody about nuclear, you know, you poll them, and that's the most they've heard about nuclear, like, 
you know, the, the part of the poll that talks about nuclear, that's what they've heard about nuclear, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, and they, they don't know anything else. Anyway, yeah. so it's so so a very gracious crowd, of course, you know, and you know, good questions and and uh and so that so that was fun, but it was just, you know, people in my church. Um and so last year, uh actually twenty twenty one, we have every year in the in the Chicago area, we have a um the Episcopal Diocese of Chicago has a, a diocesan convention and mm-hmm. that's a yearly gathering where we you know, get together and we we do business among other things right um and uh, we did this we've been doing this virtually the last couple of years on zoom um so in 2021 we did it um we did virtually in in a scant three weeks or four weeks or five weeks before that event it just occurred to me hey i could I could like float a resolution to support nuclear energy, right? I don't know, yeah, I remember, why I don't not? Remember, yeah, go for it. I don't remember it. where the idea came from, but but it's uh, you know I suppose I've probably been thinking about it, you know, ruminating on it for for a while. Um, so anyway, so I, I went and I started to you know Google some things and I found some examples of resolutions that you know were you know where I could find the structure of it and and, and everything and so. So I I did that and I I ended up working with the Andrew Smith at ANS mm-hmm. um, at the American Nuclear Society um, helped me with a bunch of the language in it and um, so it basically just says um, we're saying we're going to um, uh, we're we're asking that the resolution is, is asking our diocese to send. Um, to send uh, delegates or um, deputies, they're called, mm. to the general convention, which happens every three years on a national level, right? And to tell and to propose to that convention that we endorse the use of nuclear energy to replace fossil fuels. And that's really it. I mean, there's some other language in there. Sure. And there's yeah. a whole bunch of background that's, that, that's attached to the bill document. But it's not mm-hmm. actually part of the, the the actual resolution itself. It's not a bill. It's just a resolution. Um, so, so I pitched that um, with very little prep <laughs> in 2021, and it crashed and burned. Although I mean, it got like 43% gay votes, but oh. but it was uh, I was pretty crushed. I, I got to tell mm-hmm. you, I was I was not. <laughs> I was depressed for about two weeks after Oof. that. And, uh, Oof. Dark, dark days in my soul. Um, so, anyway, so I, but I picked myself up, and you know where I should probably say that you know God picked me up, mm-hmm. and and uh, started to work on it again for the next year. Um, and for the next year, in 2022, I actually got some stuff put together, and I emailed, I spammed every parish office in the diocese at 120 churches, right? You know, I sent them all. Um, the you know the uh, um, you know the resolution with the with the accompanying information, mm-hmm. and then a cover email that said, um, "Here's what I'm going to be proposing. I, you know, I hope that you have a chance to take a look at it. If you have any questions, let me know. And here's two Zoom calls that you can log into mm-hmm. um, at these times if you want to if you want to talk about it some more. If you have some concerns or or whatever, right? So I only had one person that took me up on on that, <laughs> but I do think that that helped because um, when it got around to the vote, um, so I had, I had some co-sponsors. So my priest mm-hmm. of my church 
she was the main sponsor because she was a delegate to this convention and i was not right. this year. i was last year but i wasn't this year right and you have to be a delegate a voting delegate to to be the sponsor of a, of a resolution mm -hmm. so um so i was also a, a, a sponsor of it and then um the clergy guy i talked to you about that was that had encouraged me to do the talk he's at a different church he's retired but uh. he's, he's he's at a different church right over in uh in glencoe Mm -hmm. and and he's he's very strongly pro-nuclear <laughs> meaning he's he's cool. he's mentioned he's mentioned my views from the pulpit before so so wow so hey so he really thinks it's it's uh it's it's a great thing and we should do more of it um and then uh then he connected me with there's one other person that's uh, at uh, st luke's in evanston um that was just a lay person but was also very strongly interested in in this and so we all you know we had our names on the and a resolution and um and it passed like 78 percent um this Man. past november um and uh so and i got um you know so the ans said hey we're we're looking to do some work with the doe and we're responding to this rfp to talk to communities about hosting um waste sites because mm -hmm. we because the doe wants to find out how to engage communities they want to develop a process to do that so that people are like want to do it right 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 so it's so it's a you know con consent-based siting they, they talk about it and anyway so they were there they were applying to to get funding to do that because the ns feels like they could they could be a, a key player for that kind of thing mm -hmm. um and so so they said hey would you guys be willing to sign a letter you know I mean endorsing us because we helped you with this thing mm -hmm. i'm like well we could try so so i sent it so i so i talked to the the bishops executive assistant downtown and she got her own letter and she signed it there <laughs> and, we go and uh and then the ans did a did a uh um, you know, a complete profile of me and that whole process. Yeah, they did some great coverage of that. Uh, yeah, so put that in the show notes. By the way, yeah, I was about to say, you can find your, your Twitter and that in the show notes. That's that's fantastic. <clears throat> so we have some work to do still. We we have these deputies that are going to go off next July, mm -hmm. like June, June, I guess it is June. Um, and uh, they'll, you know, they're responsible for, you know, making this pitch. Um, and they don't have to vote for it, right? I mean, they're still just individual voters, right? They can right. decide. So, so uh, once uh, once we're past some other, you know, administrative kinds of stuff that has to be done, um, we'll uh, I'll be getting together with that group to talk to them about it, um, and you know, make sure that they're as well prepared as they can be for it. I might go to that convention. I'm not sure yet. Right. Um, it butts right up against a, a trip to Europe that my my choir is doing, and I'll I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll have to cut a day off of one of those two things right, to do that. Right. But you know, anyway, that's um. So that was that was pretty exciting, and and uh, and it's it's perhaps more history making, more historically significant, I, I would say, than than removing the moratorium. Lots of states are removing moratoriums. And mm -hmm. ours is gonna at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's gonna be this year, but if it's not, it'll be next year. Right. Uh, for sure. Um, but uh but I have not heard of any mainline progressive denomination 
No, and you, uh, you and case, I, yeah, you and I were talking about how um, back when I lived in Brattleboro, Vermont, I would see all these um, Universalist Unitarians and and some other uh, mm-hmm. uh, more progressive Protestant denominations with their uh, Vermont Yankees closing bumper yeah, stickers right. driving around town. Um, and that was before I really knew anything about nuclear. I just remember that, uh, as I told you, a friend of mine made mimicked the format and made a bumper sticker that said uh, "Yankee Candle is closing." <laughs> and I used to have a big Yankee Candle is closing from, from bumper sticker. Yankee Candle, right? yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but on that note, I, Alan, this was I learned a ton from this uh, by example and just by content. This was really inspiring. This is such great work that you're doing. Uh, I really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I'm glad you took time out of your day to talk to me about it. Because I, I was looking forward to it and I'm happy that we had a chance to do it. Uh, and also I wanted to show off my uh, my nuclear plant. Yeah, I saw that. That's so cool. So Alan has a great little nuclear plant in his background for those of you that are just doing the audio. Um, but uh yeah, and the atomic fireballs, which I give out when I go around to talk to legislators. Oh, I love that gimmick. That's so good. Well, yeah, I guess it's better to give those out than uh, warheads. Um... <laughs> yeah, probably. Although they're both they're both you know bomb monikers, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, okay. So, Alan, thanks so much, everybody. If you want to reach out to Alan, you can find all that in the show notes, as always, and check out that ANS coverage of him. Um, I thought it was really inspiring. Uh, so. With that being said, stay sharp, stay strong, and stay radiant. We will see you next time.